absolutely. Like there's no better time to do anything than right now. Okay. Like, first of all, we just got to get clear on that. If you, because the stop start again, it's a habit. It's a self-sabotaging pattern, right? So what you can do over the next 10 weeks uh, versus what like waiting, waiting is a habit. Procrastinating is a habit. And what we have to understand is the habit of that is um, based in fear. Welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 19 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. Today's episode is episode 174 of the Improvement Project podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome a special guest. Jennifer Powder, founder of the Weight Loss Academy and best-selling author of Diet Disruption, the weight loss solution for the chronic cereal dieter and stop sabotaging your weight loss, why you do it and how to fix it, is one of the nation's top life transformation coaches. She works with high achieving driven women who want to feel good in their own skin and feel confident again as a weight loss and mindset expert for women over 40. Jennifer has helped thousands of women reclaim their bodies and their minds by taking a truly soulful and scientific approach to weight loss and establishing a solid foundation for lasting transformation. One that empowers women and helps them stop sabotaging their success. As well as holding a master's degree in science, Jennifer is a clinical exercise physiologist, a double certified health and life coach, and an emotional intelligence practitioner. She has also experienced her own transformational weight loss journey, permanently losing more than 35 pounds that had held her back for years. Over the last 20 years, Jennifer has helped thousands of women reclaim their bodies and minds using her proven metabolic profile index assessment to help every woman determine exactly what she needs emotionally and metabolically. And she does so in a judgment-free zone. After all, she's been there herself and knows how tough the weight loss journey can be. Jennifer lives near the breathtaking Rocky Mountains in Calgary, Alberta, with her family and their gorgeous St. Bernard Harley. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Peggy. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited that you're here today. You're a superstar in the self-improvement space, helping women, and you're a fellow Canadian too, which I love. And uh, my listeners heard your bio in the introduction, but I'd love it if you would share a bit more about yourself, your journey, and how you were inspired to help women in the way that you do. Oh my gosh. Well, I like so many of us, uh, my passion came from my own personal experience. Um, I, you know, what's interesting is when you, when you become, or say you're an expert at something, it's very different to have the textbook knowledge of something and then the experience of going through it yourself. So for me, um, I am a a weight loss expert, mindset expert, and, uh, it was very humbling because 10 years ago, even though I had been a multi-marathoner, had done Ironman, had degrees, not just one, but two degrees in this field, I found myself really struggling in my own body, carrying a good 40 plus pounds on my five foot six frame and thought that I was doing all the right things. I was, uh, I was doing everything I knew to do at that time, but 
unknowingly, I'd also fallen victim to all of the weight loss myths that were out there because I felt so awful with myself. I was willing to, you know, I wanted it gone. I wanted it gone quickly. I wanted the weight to just go. Um, and so my own struggle led to me really wanting to dive in and figure out, okay, how can I know all of this, but not yet do it, which is where the mindset, like mindset piece crept in. And, uh, I hated how I felt. I hated that I lost my confidence, that I was living as a fragmented version of myself. And I felt this ache and pain for all of the other women who may be living that same way too. So that began um, what's been now uh, more than a decade, a decade, you know, a career for more than a decade now of helping women and being so passionate about creating the change from the inside out. That's so cool. I love this story because I think it's often the case that we sort of scratch our own itch as we like move out into the world and share what we have. It's like me was starting this podcast about habits and self-improvement. I was struggling in that way and still have struggles in that way. And so by sharing my story, that's the, you know, the beginning on the path to, to my own help, but then other people are resonate with it as well. So, so that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, well, we teach what we need to learn. I always say that we teach what we're practicing, right. That I'm always just, you know, as much as weight loss is no longer my struggle, I've got a lot of freedom in my own metabolic understanding and my emotional health. There's other things that I continue to struggle with. I mean, life is this constant, you know, I, I just say that life is this process of expecting curveballs to come and then really hoping you get better at catching them and dealing with them as opposed to being like knocked over by them, you know? Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's great. All right. So many of my listeners are women who have a keen interest in self-improvement and who are looking to up-level their lives in different ways. And so I would love it if you would share, what have you seen women struggling with when it comes to their self-worth, their confidence, or just finding their place in the world? And what tips or strategies would you pass along to them? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) How long are we here? Um, (laughs) So, you know, and like, I I mean, literally I wrote a second book about this because the biggest thing that I see women getting trapped into and hooked into is the, is the, the insidious conversation in their head. And I'm not sure what you, what words you use with your listeners, but for me, I call it that mean girl, that mean voice inside your head, or um, in the coaching world, it's often referred to as like the inner critic or the saboteur. So a long time ago, Peggy, I heard that voice in my head, but I thought it was me. Like it was part of my identity. I was so used to hearing the negative self-talk and to um, really believing the things that I was telling myself about myself, being caught in the trap of not feeling enough, not being enough, not doing enough, not being good enough, pretty enough, like all of the things. And I simply thought it was me, my personality. That's just who I am. That's just how I am, you know? And for the women I work with, which are, you know, in their forties, fifties and beyond, it's like, even that awareness that that voice is not who they are. It's just part of this like trap that we fall into is freedom. Because then when you can start to hear the things that you say about yourself, you give yourself a choice to think a different thought. And often it can be a more empowering thought, a more positive thought, Um, And it doesn't mean that we deny reality or that we're like, Hey, just play all day or good vibes only. I'm not talking about the negative denial of things. I'm talking about really growing our emotional resiliency by being aware, just like I'm in control of my actions and I'm not going to go and hit my anybody just out of the blue. I also get to be in control of what I think. And that is, I think where it begins. It was for me anyways. And for the women I've, I've worked with, what are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, I love it. This is something that I've talked about more and more lately, especially as I've started to get into some more specific thought work and how I realize how powerful, first of all, noticing the thoughts I'm having. And then second, having this ability to change them. It's sort of, you know, for me, it was like kind of a, a game changer. I'm like, what? I'm allowed to think what I want and I can then choose to create the life that I want as a result. Amazing. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. And so where I think that we women go wrong, and, and and I do believe that this happens for men too. So for the male listeners, it just happens in a very different way. Um, with women, it's a very self-sabotaging presence. So we stop before we're successful. We stop before we start because we are already um, thinking of where we failed, how we failed, why we failed, why would it be any different this time? I've already tried that. It's like, we forget that children are our best teachers. They don't have those thoughts. Imagine if a two-year-old who was trying to walk tried once or twice and fell down and was like, well, I guess it's just not meant to be like, that's, you know, so sometimes we give up and the tenacity, our tenacity for going after our, our own needs and wants and goals wanes. But even more so, I find that the older we get demands and the stresses in life can also creep up, which leaves our emotional capacity for even being self-reflective to understand like, who am I now? And what are my needs and wants? We're so used to giving and, and doing things for others. And that can be a real um, slow and steady trap where you just kind of slowly decline off your priority list until you're not even on it. And then that just becomes your way of being, your way of living. Yeah. The way that I describe this is it's women are off and they have their brains hijacked for all the people from by all the people around them that basically have stored all of their information in the woman's brain. And she's responsible for making decisions for not only herself, but all of the people around her. And then there's not a lot of left time left for her. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, you, so do you find, and I'm curious about this as women come into their forties and fifties, I think this is like a magical time because they start to come out of that like baby haze, child rearing haze. And now they're like, okay, now what's next? Now it's time for me. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree wholeheartedly. I, I say it the same way. And for me, the way women often engage in their own personal transformation, life transformation, mindset transformation, is it begins with something very physical and obvious to them. They may look in the mirror and not like how they feel, like what they look like, like trying on clothes. They don't feel good in their own skin. And I say going, you know, when you, when you are willing to stop doing the quick fixes and the things that don't work, and you have this like wisdom, this voice of your own internal wisdom saying, Hey, wake up. It's time for you. It's time to pay attention to yourself. Remember, remember you matter. Then that's a gift. That's a gift. Now, if you take it as a punishment or you let that thought become some sort of self-defeating, uh, self-flagellating, you're not enough thought, well, that's a choice. But I think that this, you know, even this conversation right now, if you can have it as a reframe from like, hey, wait a minute, time to put yourself back in your own list. Let's do this. And you follow that wisdom. You can have a completely different trajectory for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. I got goosebumps when you were saying that. I love it. So it's relevant <laughs> for me and I'm sure it will be relevant for my listeners. Um, in our co correspondence before you came on the show, you said that the classic line that you hear from women is, I know better. Why don't I do better? So this is so interesting to me because I hear some version of this from my clients and my patients who are trying to lock in habits in all area of their lives. So um, I'm wondering if you can speak to this struggle and sort of the limiting belief systems that are running sort of automatically in the background that most of us don't even know are having this huge impact on our lives. 
I'd love to. Yeah. It's the same thing I hear so often too. Like at the end of the day, women are smart. I, when people are smart and when we have problems, it's not like we just necessarily ignore the problems. We'll often, we'll often become a massive consumer of wanting to learn more so we can do better. Like we take in more knowledge, we read more books. The knowledge is not the problem. Like if I asked anybody right now, Hey, what are the top five things you think you could do to improve your life relationship, make weight loss easier for you? I get the answer spouted off like that, right? But then they say, but I just, I know this, I just don't do it. So there's two pieces to this. One, it's limiting beliefs that you talked about, but there's also a physiological, neurological um, thing going on too, which is how we self-sabotage in our own self-care. So can I speak to that real quick? Absolutely, love it. So one of the things, and I'm, I'm on this mission right now to like really help women get more sleep. Because the burning of, you know, the burning the candle at both ends is such a self-sabotaging way to live because a sleep, even a mildly chronic sleep deprived brain is impaired. It literally cannot make good decisions. And this is where in my world, uh, what's interesting is when you look at junk food and you've got a rested brain, you might see a little bit of it, you know, it lights up a little bit when they do scans. When you look at that same junk food with a sleep deprived brain, your brain lights up like a Christmas tree. All right. So not only, and then you have your impaired, your frontal cortex is impaired a little bit. So now you lack the cognitive ability to make a good decision for yourself and what you're looking at looks way more desirable. So I think that we're up against this on so many levels. Women give themselves or call it at night, that me time, that alone time, the quiet time, the time when the house is quiet and you've had a long day where you just kind of want to sit and chill and relax and maybe watch, like watch Netflix. Have you ever been there where you just want to watch Netflix and you, Absolutely, yeah. whew, but you're, you're tired, but instead of turning the TV off or your computer off, you're like, well, maybe just one more. And we call it self-care. And this is the limiting belief part. Anything that we are labeling as self-care that has a harmful impact on us is actually a self-harming behavior. We've just labeled it something different. And, and I think that when we start to pay attention to what it takes to live a good life, a healthy life, a quality life, then we have to look after some of the basics before we go to just trying to consume more knowledge and run our lives on four or five, six hours of sleep. The two just don't match up. So um, and I like, I've been there, I've been there so many times and it's a habit that can creep back into my life, depending on the stressors or the external circumstances that are at play in my life. And then I always get messages of how I don't feel well, or, you know, I'm not running at my highest or my peak, you know, and I have to course correct. So, and do you think it's possible that there's many women that don't even know that they don't feel well because they've been doing it for so long? Oh, of course. Yeah. You acclimate to it. You acclimate to it. It's like a, you act like, I mean, you acclimate to a crappy environment where you've learned how to function in it. And so it becomes very common for you. It becomes normal, but normal does not mean healthy. It just means that you've gone through a process of, of adaptation. Um, any mom who's had to function after, you know, when you have a newborn, you know, you're tired and in that state, you understand why you're like that. But many times we just stay operating like that. Or we'll go into justifying and rationalizing why we're giving ourselves that time so we can create permission to continue to engage in our own, what I call self-abuse. Well, okay. yeah, well, we're very sneaky because um, we like to be right, right? Like it really, individually, we like to be right. The ego likes to be right. And so we'll do all sorts of things to 
um, it's like the smarter we are, the more sneaky we get and the more clever we get with our excuses and our ability to justify and rationalize why it is the way it is. Definitely. All right. So you mentioned sleep and we, you know, we can sort of start focusing on those physiological basics of feeling better. Is there anything else that you would add to that when people say to you, I, I know I should do better. I just don't. Yeah. What I find, and this is the belief system thing is so many women, like so many people want to move forward in their life, right? So they want to move forward. They want to make these great changes or even little changes, whatever area it may be, relationship, career, maybe it's just uh, personal health. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, exercising, walking is important, but it's very addictive to start to believe that you can't do it. And you can't do it so often because instead of looking forward at where we're going, we're often looking back at where we've been. And what, again, your ego loves to bring in all of these failure stories to essentially keep you stuck. The reason change is hard is not because of the change itself. It's getting out of your comfort zone. So we love, human beings love comfort. We like the comforts of home, our creature comforts, our comfort food. I mean, think about it. It's like, no, I don't want to do that because it gets you out of a comfort zone, except often our comfort zone is a miserable place to be. But again, we're just used to it. So one of the things, you know, the things I say in my community all the time is, listen, if I'm, if you're not uncomfortable, then I'm not doing my job because you're not going to be changing. Being uncomfortable is a necessary element of the change process. And being willing to look at, you know, the perfectionism. I think a lot of women are drive listeners, people chase the concept of perfectionism. Like I'm not going to do it unless I can be perfect. If I'm not perfect, then I just better not do it. It's like this all or nothing mentality that really does not serve. We got to figure out the shades of gray in there and let a mistake be a mistake, not catastrophize it and make it like we suck or obviously clearly can't do this thing that we want so badly to do. Um, the thing that I use in my own brain and the things that I, that I pass on to my clients in relation <laughs> yeah. to this is that yeah. we're not we're looking for perfect. We're looking for B minus work. Yeah. It's just get this thing done. Get it done. 75% good enough. I literally just, I literally texted my colleague yesterday. I'm like, so looking for feedback here, aiming for 80% good enough. And then she wrote back a couple of things. I'm like, nailed it next. Amazing. <laughs> but, uh, I stayed stuck for a long time on wanting it to be perfect. And you know what? perfectionism, I think it zaps the joy out of life for so many people because you hold yourself back. If you don't have the confidence at something, then often we lack the confidence to try. But if you don't try, you're never going to get confident at it, which means you're never going to have the confidence to, you know, it's this vicious cycle of just no action, inaction. Um, I think that this concept segues nicely into my next question. This episode is going to go live in sort of mid-October-ish. And I have found that many people have a tendency to coast for the last couple of months of the year. And then they, in their mind, are thinking about making plans that they're going to do the thing come January 1st. So obviously, I'm always encouraging my community to stop waiting for some arbitrary day or date and just get going. But I'm wondering if you have any tips to help people to get motivated to start right now and finish 2021 strong. Well, you, yes, yes, absolutely. Like there's no better time to do anything than right now. Okay. Like, first of all, we just got to get clear on that. If you, because the stop start again, it's a habit. It's a self-sabotaging pattern, right? So what you can do over the next 10 weeks uh, versus what like waiting, waiting is a habit. Procrastinating is a habit. And what we have to understand is the habit of that is um, based in fear. 
Okay. So it's the fear. It's the fear of change. It's the fear of unknown. It's the fear of success. It's the fear of failure. And fear doesn't show up like you're walking around all day shaking or you know, living with the feeling of fear, but you will engage in those other behaviors. And so um, like the way I help my clients move forward is what if you like, don't, I say it like this, don't be perfect. But if you could take one baby step that you knew would move you closer towards your goal and you'd be further ahead now than January 1st, what would it be? And you don't have to get it right. Just like brainstorm with me. What might it be? You're, if you're listening to this, you can do that for yourself right now. A baby step. Because I think when we think of change, we think of big leaps and the big leaps are scary because we don't know what the net's going to be below us if we're not successful. So baby step it. At least if you're taking baby steps, you're going forward. I love it. Yes. All of this. Jen, all of this. All of this, right? It's like, and don't think I'm perfect at this. This is, I literally walk my talk all the time. I practice the tools I give my clients are the same tools I use in my own life. It's been a heck of a year uh, for me personally. And the cultivation of my own emotional resilience has um, never been more important than it has this year as I've dealt with you know, the stressors of just the external world. And then also deep, profound grief due to loss, death, um, changing of relationships. And, and so I'm not always saying that these things are easy but it feels so much better to not be stuck in fear. And I really know the difference between the two feelings. And my gut says that anyone listening to this knows as well. You've got your, the voice of that inner wisdom that's you know, gently encouraging you. And then you have the punishing mean voice that says mean things that wants you to stay stuck and do nothing. And you have to really discern the difference between those two voices. For sure, definitely. You mentioned your um your own personal growth, which I know is so important for anybody who's on the path to help other humans, which I love. And the guests that I've had on the show up until now are usually up to something amazing and they're very successful at what they do. And obviously this is very clear in your case. My listeners and I are always intrigued to know what are these amazing and successful people doing for their own personal growth? So you mentioned a couple of things. I would love it if you would share what habit or routine are you currently working on improving in your life? And also, um, with this habit or routine, what's working, what are you finding challenging and what advice would you give to somebody who's working on that for themselves? Okay. Um, remind me if I don't answer a piece of that. So the gift I gave myself this year, when I realized I had to, first of all, you can't change what you're not aware of. You have, you can't, you can't, you stay stuck in a pattern. So we're always getting feedback, right? Whether it's from people, from our body, from, are, you know, there's always feedback. You have to pay attention to it. It's critical. You may not like the feedback, but it's telling you something. And the feedback for me was I needed to um, do something for myself to create some more stability. And for me, this, I was very curious about cultivating a deeper spiritual connection to myself. And so I actually got mentored by Marianne Williamson for three months directly. It was an oh, wow. amazing experience. And I became a miracle minded, I did a miracle minded coaching certification. And Here's the funny thing. So as much as I've heard that meditation for the last 10, 15 years is important. Um, I was one of those people who was like, well, maybe for others or oh, I'll do a two minute like meditation or that's for you know, other people. Like I just was resistant to it. Then I would dabble in it. Like I had all the apps like mindfulness or the calm app and all the things and I would do it, but not consistently. Okay. And the consistency piece is important based on Marianne's coaching and influence over me. She was like, 
if you're not meditating daily, like I don't know how anybody in this world's functioning. And so starting in February, so I guess it's been seven months now, I have been a daily meditator, a non-negotiable daily person who is meditating daily. And I still have to sometimes fight to create that time in my day. Every now and then I will skip it or I, my alarm or something with kids schedules messes up my morning routine. And I have to learn how to navigate that. But the impact that one behavior, what it's had on me psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, my sense of staying connected and grounded has been exponential like exponential. And I am like surprised. I don't know. I'm a recovered former resistant meditator who is now so pro, uh, pro meditation because again, you know, I've heard about the tool forever, but it's the consistency of the practice that has made the being, being consistent, which means like for me, I had to be committed to my commitments. I had to be committed to the commitment of doing it daily not just when I felt like it or it was convenient, which is often what, you know, what we can do. Um, this is speaking to me personally, because I've been getting lots of different nudges from the universe that I need to be meditating regularly. So thank you. I will take this as a, as a, another one. And oh, also for my listeners who aren't familiar with Marianne Williamson, can you give them like a little, like just crazy? Yeah. So she's a 68 year old woman. She actually, um, she's written over 20 best New York times, best-selling books. She is a student, but a huge teacher of, uh, a course in miracles. Um, she actually was a democratic, uh, candidate a few years ago, um, and had some crazy things happen politically to her that she speaks about freely. And she, I would say if anybody knows like Wayne Dyer, Deepak, Chopra, those were her buddies. Okay. So she's a woman who was a pioneer in the space of personal development in the seventies. And she continues to inspire and lead and teach to this day. So that's who she is. She's pretty amazing. What an amazing gift that you gave yourself by working with her. So cool. The best. Yeah, it was the best. And it was like, I wanted it. And then I, you know, there's things that we want. I was like, well, it's not the right time. Well, I'm busy with this. Well, my second... You know, and again, when you commit, then you figure it out. If you try to figure it out first before you commit, that's a backwards approach. Like I, for me anyways, I, the commitment is always the necessary step. And to do that, I need to take an action step like register or sign. You know, I need to do something tangible to cement that commitment or else, you know, I could wait all day, right? Because procrastination. Oh my goodness. Um, one more thing, just in terms of the nuts and bolts, like the actual doing of the habit, you mm-hmm. mentioned your morning routine. So tell, tell me and the listeners, cause they'll be um, curious about this. Like what actually do you do with the meditation? And is that at a certain time? Usually it's before I get out of bed. So I get a daily meditation delivered, delivered straight to my inbox. And uh, as much as we're not supposed to look at phones, I don't go onto my phone and look at my messages or my emails. I look for the, I've got it filed in a folder. So I know exactly where to go and I'll just lie in bed. I hit play and I'm still in bed. And that for me has been amazing. Now you got to find what works for you before I used to think, okay, I'm going to start it right before work. And I played with it for a few months to try to figure out where to how to nail the consistency and the continuity. But what I knew was I'm always in bed. I'm in bed before I get out of bed. Like what, you know, that is the habit I can build upon is I wake up, I meditate, then I get out of bed. So it became this like very um, clockwork 
approach. And yeah, sometimes in the beginning, I remember I'd be like, oh, there'd be messages because I turn my phone on to like silent at night. So there'd be, a, I've got different time zones of people in my life and messages. And I would be like, oh, curious, right? Like I would go want to see what they said. I don't do that. I just I immediately, and that's where I had to create the folder. So I had to keep, like, you don't nail the routine perfectly. That's what I want listeners to get. You're not going to nail this right out of the gate. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to experiment. You're going to have to tweak it. You're going to have to try and try again do and do again to have it feel like routine. And that would be my advice is, you know, so for me, that's what I do. Other people listen at night. Um, I find at night, if I don't meditate in the morning, I find my day is just more chaotic. I'm more misaligned. It's like, I haven't given myself my own time of creating some sacred space to get really clear on who I want to be and what's important to me and get grounded. And then the pull of the outside world can sometimes, uh, well, sometimes I can get sucked into it. You know, the, the craziness, the stress, the chaos. Yeah. I find that as well. Any, any habit that I have that's non-negotiable needs to be done first thing in the morning. Otherwise it's gets away from me. Yeah. Other things creep in. If you're busy, you know, if you've got kids, a family, a husband, a dog, even like the dog, right. Um, I've, I've got a St. Bernard, you know, I like there's ways that will just, again, those people pleasing habits are taking care of others before taking care of self. That I believe for me is going to be a lifelong lesson, a lifelong journey for me. Um, and I understand why it's that way. I can look to my family of origin. I can look to some of those uh, traumatic or adverse childhood experiences that have created that pattern. It's not that I, like, I don't view myself as a failure because I can't nail, oh, I'm oh, still people, please. Oh, shoot. I'll still sacrifice my own time for somebody else. I go, oh, there it is again. There's that pattern creeping in. So opposed you're curious to judgment, about it, right? Yeah. As opposed to criticism, it's curiosity, like curiosity, as opposed to judgment and shame, it's compassion and a recommitment. So that's a choice. I spent a lot of my decades living with the criticism it's horrible. It felt so awful. Being curious about it is way more fun. <laughs> I like it stated that way, way more fun. And cause it is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, huh, who knew, <laughs> you know, so if we don't, you know, I think one of my gifts is being able to laugh at myself, laugh at not laugh with like, but like being able to take life and all of the things life brings us in stride, but also choosing to add some humor to it. Um, we've, you know, let's pray that all of us get to have a long quality, plentiful, bountiful life. And there's going to be hard things in it. Um, humor is a really great thing to tap into because it, well, it just is, <laughs> it just is the worry and the, all that stuff. You can always come back to that. If that serves you, typically I found it doesn't serve me. All right. I agree with you. Um, and thank you again for the reminder for me to get my button gear with my own meditation practice, because this is just one other little nudge from the universe. Thank you. Don't you love how messages come in a variety of ways? That's yes, what Marianne do. says. She I'm says listening. I'm listening. Like it's always talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you paying attention? <laughs> I am. I'm listening. All right, yeah. now it's time for a segment where we are going to share what we are into lately. So in many episodes in the past, my listeners have heard from me that I share podcasts I've been listening to or books I've been reading or what random internet hilarity that I found. And I feel like they might find it fun too. I share something fun that I'm loving that I find useful or practical or just something that's pure frivolity and fun. 
So Jennifer is a good sport. And even though I've just sprung this on her, she has agreed to play along, but I'll go first to show her how it works and to give her a little bit of extra time to think about it. All right. So this week, what I'm into is I am reading yet another self-improvement book. And I've mentioned my love for my online pretend best friend, Jen Sincero in the past. And I'm currently reading You Are a Badass Every Day. And the subtitle is How to Keep Your Motivation Strong, Your Vibe High, and Your Quest for Transformation Unstoppable. So I've mentioned her in the past because of her books, You Are a Badass and Badass Habits. Um, she is great. She is hilarious. And this book is another great read for all of you self-development aficionados out there. Love it. I don't know if you can see, I've got both her books. There's a bright yellow one and a green one oh, on my yeah, bookshelf. So where I definitely am a fan. Um, okay. So <laughs> I haven't never shared this. So um surprisingly, because I was a critic at the beginning, but I have become quite a fan of, wait for it, TikTok, literally of TikTok <laughs> videos. Like I'm 46 years old and my daughter, she does not have her own TikTok account, but she can look at the puppy memes or all the different things on there. And, um, but not just TikTok itself. I have found this one guy, I was trying to find his handle, who is this young country singer essentially. And he can do mashups like no one's business. Like I'm telling you, he knows every lyric of every song I swear to God ever written. And if I ever just need a like moment of laughing or being in awe of someone, I find him, I find him. And it's three minutes of just my little self-indulgent bliss. And he's just this really good guy. Like he's, he's with his high school sweetheart and he loves his parents and he shows his grandma, like he shows his grandmas on his TikToks. And I swear, if I lived in the States and they were touring, I would go like literally and he <laughs> says, TikToks changed the game for them as a small country band with no big label. So yeah, that's where my girlfriend is a big TikTok fan. And last year she was watching and I was like, oh, that's so juvenile to be watching TikTok. And now <laughs> I'm like, maybe I need a TikTok account. So oh my gosh, it is so fun. Go. I've gotten lost in a TikTok hole like a few times. It's very yeah. fun. I, yeah, like what happened, Peggy? Like all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like, oh, that would be, you know, anyways, I've just, uh, there's just little things where you get to bring the joy and anything with dogs or cats makes me laugh. So. Oh my goodness. Amazing. If you can find the handle, let me know and I'll put it in the show notes for people. Okay. I'll tell you, I'm looking, I just didn't want to get distracted, okay, but I'll no find worries. it right away. Awesome. All right. <laughs> now I know that you have a podcast launching soon. Can you tell me and my listeners a little bit about it and who it's for? Yeah. So, uh, this new podcast, I'm so excited about it. It's called weight loss simplified. And the goal is, uh, in each episode, I want to help uh, women. It is geared at women over 40, 50, 60s. My oldest clients are in their seventies to really simplify the process, understand what to focus on, eliminate the confusion and reignite the hope that this change in their body and in their, the way they're living their life is possible for them. Um, I did write two best-selling books and I found that after I wrote those books, I just was taking such a strong stand around the negative impact of dieting and what it does to a woman physiologically and psychologically. And this just became the next best place to provide um, those, you know, episodic doses of information in quick sound bites that really can help women stay in the conversation and remind them of what's possible, um, even if it feels hard in the moment. So yeah, I'm super excited. We should have that ready to go at the end of uh, October, end of the month. All right. Amazing. So I will um, link to your website so people can find it when it launches. And, uh, and then if they're interested in that, they can go check it out. And you mentioned your books. You also have an amazing 
and very generous free resource to share. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that and where my listeners can find it? Yeah. So um, I, I want to share just a tiny bit. I never thought I was a good writer, but I found an old vision board from 2011. This is how crazy this is. And um, on it, I had printed out a best-selling list, blocked out the name of the person at number one and wrote my, like my own name in. At that time, I didn't even have a coaching business really. Okay. I had two little kids, but I wanted to write a book. I thought it'd be a cool experience, right? It was on my list. Well, it took me nine years, um, but I did write, uh, I wrote two books within 18 months and I would love to give um, a copy of one away that I think is a great fit for your listeners, which it's the PDF. So the PDF of it, which is all around stopping self-sabotage. So it's geared at weight loss, but honest to God, you can take this to any component of your life and the principles apply because they're mindset principles, they're belief system principles. So the best way to get that is to go, I'm just making sure I've got the right thing here. Um, www.jenniferpowder.com forward slash book. And that's how you can get stop sabotaging your weight loss. Amazing. That's so generous and amazing. I will put that in the show notes for anybody who's interested in that. And where's the best place for my listeners to find you online or reach out on the socials if they want to say hi. You know what? We are having so much fun on Instagram. We are like, I'm having a blast on Instagram. I've, uh, we, you know, started this in the fall. Um, we, I mean, myself and I, but I, you know, trying to create that daily uh, engagement interaction. So I'm just at Jen Powder 1N on Instagram. And it's a great place to come and connect with me. Ask me questions. You can DM me. Um, I'm always, you know, willing to help in whatever way I can. Fantastic. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your voice and your wisdom with the Improvement Project community. Is there any final thought that you'd like to share with us as we all continue along the path to being a better version of ourselves? Uh, Lead yourself to where you want to go. Don't look back at where you've been. You've already been there, right? So, so much of this is just around looking forward and baby stepping it. My whole life has been created by a series of baby steps, Um, but I've had a big vision of what I want. And I believe I deserve it, just like I believe every single one of your listeners is uh, deserving of that too. But it takes courage to to take those baby steps and you've got it. You just got to remember it. Again, thank you so much for serving in the way that you do and for being here today. Thanks, Peggy. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest, Jennifer Powder. She is a powerhouse and I love how she is helping women to stop sabotaging their habits and step into the best version of themselves. For questions or comments, send an email to The Improvement Project at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. And you can always get my attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join our community. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Before you go, I just want to share this because it may be just what you are looking for to help you get on track with your habits and routines. Most busy people know that they should be doing something different to lock in good habits and routines to take care of themselves. They know that they should get consistent with their healthy habits and self-care. They know that they should eat better, drink more water, move their bodies more, and manage their stress better. They know that they would feel better if they created a calm home and working environment, surrounded themselves with people who support their big dreams and goals, and tuned into being grateful for it all every day. Despite knowing this, they often just don't do anything about it. They just keep doing what they have been doing. 
How about you? Are you ready to get some help and get your good healthy habits on track by finally doing something about it? I can help. As a habits accountability coach, I work with clients one-on-one in a coaching program to help them get consistent with their health and self-care habits. This one-on-one coaching program helps people like you in making better choices for your habits and routines, as well as keeping you accountable to those new choices. I will work with you over 12 weeks to decrease procrastination and decision fatigue and to increase consistency, self-awareness, and productivity. We will work together on your habits challenges to help you take control of your health and happiness. It's time to say yes to your needs more often and say no to everything that does not serve you. If you would like to work with me in this 12-week one-on-one life-changing habits accountability coaching, or if you would like more information, click on the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email to drpeggy at drpeggymalone.com and I'll send you all the details and help you get on track to be your happiest and healthiest overall best version of you. Let's get after it.